Hello and welcome to our Sports Eye Academy podcast series. Here, we bring together industry leaders to share their learnings and experiences working with data across the sport and leisure sector. I'm James Allender, the CEO at Active Exchange, and today I'm joined by Dr. Louise Tello from the Australasian College of Sport and Exercise Physicians to dive deeper into the importance of exercise in preventing and treating common and often serious medical conditions and talk about how this approach can impact your organisation positively. ASEP is the preeminent professional body representing sport and exercise physicians and sport and exercise medicine in Australasia. ASEP is accredited by the Australian Medical Council to provide training, assessment, certification and continuing professional development in the speciality of sport and exercise medicine. Whilst they do much more, today we'll predominantly focus on moving medicine and what ASEP plans to do in Australia. Now, with all of that background, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Dr. Louise Tallot and share her background. Louise is a sport and exercise physician practicing at North Sydney Sports Medicine Centre. She is the immediate past president of, of ASEP and is a co-founder of MyScore IT a health tech startup to measure patient reported outcome measures in musculoskeletal care. She's the Australian clinical lead for moving medicine, an initiative support help to support healthcare professionals have conversations around physical activity. Her clinical interests include persistent pain, issues facing women athletes and utilizing a holistic bio psychosocial model of care. Louise, as you know, Active Exchange and ASAP have recently entered an MOU with a willingness to collaborate and explain mutual ways to connect the health, leisure and exercise sectors to see primary healthcare move closer, closer to leisure centre delivery. In this space, collaboration is key and there is an open dialogue between both organisations to continually look at how to converge leisure, health, exercise and physical activity. Louise, thanks for joining us today. That was a, a lot to get through, but I think really important context about, you know, what, why, why you're here today. And, and, and I'm really keen to, to sort of just kick off with a simple question. What is the role of physical activity in health? Thanks, James. Just a big question, big opening question there. Um, <laughs> um, physical activity is one of the key lifestyle habits that prevents disease. And in fact, the physical inactivity um, is thought to be responsible, our fourth biggest killer in Australia when it comes to chronic disease. So being physically active can be an effective preventer and also an effective treatment to prevent complications for many chronic diseases, but common chronic diseases too. So cardiovascular disease, stroke, type two diabetes, um, osteoarthritis, mental health cancer, um, and dementia. So these are all big issues for our community in terms of chronic disease and physical activity is a very strong preventer and a completely underutilized preventer. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, yeah, wow, when you think about all of those areas that you've just referenced and you think about, you know, today and where everyone is, you know, in their houses, you know, um, with limited um, 
connection and, and, and physical activity opportunities, you know, such an important issue to tackle um, at the moment. In your opinion, Louise, how, how do we get more health professional care? Like how, how does that happen in, the, in this area of physical activity? I guess this, this intersection, or maybe if we sort of talk about the words a little bit, go mm. to take a step back, James. So when we talk about um, exercise, so when we, when we look at the leisure industry and the sporting industry, we're very familiar with the words exercise and participation, which is often mm. quite, often has competitive undertones. Mm. Um, and that sort of is not, we're trying to use different words when it comes towards the health side of, of moving more and physical activity, yeah. because concept of exercise is quite off-putting for some people and from a health perspective what we really want to do is just get people moving more just mm -hmm. more movement more physical activity so we try and avoid the word exercise now clearly i'm a sport and exercise physician i treat lots of people who exercise very competitively through elite level through to the community level so i'm very comfortable with the concept but when it yeah. comes to health and healthcare, we kind of rephrase it a little bit and one of the reasons why that Another reason that is important is that the key health objectives are to move people from not doing anything to doing something, mm. not necessarily competing on the local touch football field or the local gym. So, yeah. so moving the needle, that's where we get the best benefit for our um, energy and our attention when it comes to reducing chronic disease. And in fact, that's how we set our physical activity guidelines. So our Australian physical activity guidelines, I'm sure very familiar with your audience, your audience will be very familiar with them, but they're 150 minutes of um, moderate intensity huff and puff a week, um, plus two strength episodes. Now that that's quite a globally accepted, you know, most countries would rec have those similar recommendations. And the reason that number is, is because we take people who go from nothing to that number and we reduce the burden of chronic disease by 15% when we do that. If we then double that activity level, we reduce it another 50%. But beyond that, beyond 300 minutes, we're not really getting any kind of added benefit when it comes to health. So that's why we have those numbers. Um, and from the health perspective, James, I forgot your original question. <laughs> it's, it's about how we get more professional care around this space. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we also know that healthcare professionals have a lot of sway and a lot of influence and hold mm. a fair bit of trust when it comes to the community, but they're not having conversations, they're not making recommendations about physical activity for lots of reasons. One, we don't actually prioritise preventative care in our, in certain healthcare systems. In Australia, we don't prioritise it because we get paid activity, we get paid activity-based payments. So yeah. come and see me as a doctor, I treat you, I get paid for the service, I don't get paid to make you better. Um, the second reason is that healthcare professionals, particularly doctors, are not always that familiar with what to prescribe or what to recommend. Uh, we know that if doctors are not physically active themselves, they won't recommend physical activity. So it's their own personal exercise habits or activity habits that influence how they how they mm. um, um, act. And they don't have the skills and resources to do so. But but one of the super interesting things is it's so important. So we talk about the number needed to treat as a statistical concept. And I think it's a very valuable one. So I might just outline yeah. it. So when we talk about number needed to treat or the NNT, we're talking about how many times you've got to do something for someone to benefit. So for example, in smoking, a GP has to have a conversation about quitting smoking 50 to 100 times for one person wow. to make an action towards quitting smoking. 
if you prescribe a very popular medicine for reducing cholesterol, these um, simvastatin or um, that class of drug, um, you have to prescribe that 100 to 200 times for one person to not have a heart attack. That's not very good value, mm. actually, for your investment. But when it comes to a GP having an act, a conversation around being more physically active, the number needed to treat is 12. So you only have to have, it seems a bit discouraging, 12 conversations for one person to make a change. But in terms of the other things, the other interventions we do, it's extraordinarily powerful, but we're not having those conversations. So that's where moving medicine and certainly our intersection with um, active exchange is focused, is actually helping healthcare professionals have active conversations when they come into contact with their patients. Yeah, absolutely. You can just sort of just listening to all of that and the challenges and the opportunities, you can just see where that intersection between leisure centres and and the the comfort around activity rather than exercise or competitiveness can really um, create a significant opportunity. With, 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 with that in mind, and obviously, you know, you've been sort of um, talking to Active Exchange and around this relationship for a while. What, what is the opportunity? Where, where does the, you know, when we talk about advice for the sector around trying to, you know, tackle this alongside healthcare, what, what, is, the, what is the link? Where does, where does it start? How, how does that move? Hmm. I guess it, the first thing would be to understand the intersection between health and health. Mm. And um, and to understand how these both, it's like a big Venn diagram, they intersect, uh, how they're connected in that way. Um, so understanding the relationship and understanding rather than the polarities of, of health care being high level care in hospitals and leisure being, you know, the mm. Olympics. Um, so bringing that much more to the centre with a community focus, which is very natural, I imagine, for most um most companies with or most businesses within a leisure environment you know it's about mm. community it's about community of your local people and 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 the community around which that that leisure center is uh, or service is is located um but intersecting health is somewhat challenging so we many um for example many uh, service providers will, in, like uh, leisure centres, will include healthcare providers within their mm. staff. For example, mm. you might have an exercise physiologist in a in a physical service in a in a yep. leisure centre. Example. So that's that's an area where health starts to move into leisure. Um, we have connections around relationships with local medical practices, which is a really interesting thing. So remember what I said that GPs who are physically active prescribe mm. activity. Yep. So GPs, I find my, I, even I do this all the time. I really value regular yoga practice and I'm recommending yoga to my patients all the time. Mm. So making personal connections with your local healthcare services, I don't know what kind of incentivization might occur behind that, but that would be a very strategic relationship to build um, to reduce that alienation, to improve the familiarity of the healthcare providers with the mm. actual services that people provide. Um, and build connections that way. And what we're doing at um, Moving Medicine is, um, we haven't really spoken about what Moving Medicine is or what it wants to achieve, but we are hoping, part of the Moving Medicine platform is to signpost um, to supporting organisations. So once someone's had an active conversation, which is 
effectively underpinned by behavior change principles, um, predominantly motivational interviewing, which puts the sort of control is very person centered technique around behavior change. Uh, once that conversation has been had, there's a follow up resources, but some of those resources include signposts to organizations or local facilities that can help that person be physically active if that's what they would like to do. If they decide they'd like to swim, then we can signpost to local swimming venues. If they decide they want to join a tennis club, we can we can signpost to that. So that's where the connection with Active Exchange is hoping to bring together a really practical way to follow up the active conversation with a direction to why don't you try this and see how we go. And of course, we have much higher um, ambitions and hopes for that connection too in terms of data flow between mm. those those systems which which we're hoping to work which is part of our mou yeah. with active exchange so i think there's multiple layers of building the relationship but the first thing is to understand that health is a community priority it's it's something we our, our we need to drive down healthcare costs as a community because we need to fund other things like education and equity and welfare we need to drive down healthcare costs a very simple way to do that is for our community to be more physically active and if leisure people working in the leisure industry can appreciate that there's there can be a health lens to what they do and they'll be thinking of creative ways to make those connections i think yeah look absolutely you know, having having sat in in leisure, you know, running venues and, and working in multiple organisations, you know, the, the, the willingness is there. And the, I think the acknowledgement around the role that leisure can play is, is there more than ever. And I think it's, you know, that moving medicine platform that you're describing, I think will be a really significant catalyst to show the way, but also create ways to start, which, which I think is really exciting. Um, what, what other, like with what you know and, and what you uh, are setting out to achieve with moving medicine, what, what other advice do you have for the sector? Um, so what, what, to, what to look to or where to think, what to think about now? Yeah. I think when we come back to moving medicine, so it's really hard when you have a large, you know, very ambitious goal of getting Australia what the national sports plan says that we want to be 15 percent less physically inactive by 2030 and that's also yep. the world organization goal I think too but but it's it's understanding that there are different moving pieces in that within that target so there are multiple things that influence people being physically active physically active one only one of them is the person's own motivations and decisions and, and knowledge the rest of it is community and having systems in place and so forth so when it comes to if we pull that right back down to what asep is trying to achieve with moving mm. medicine rather than the big global objective um if we pull that right back down what i would suggest is that if if we partner with leisure centers in terms of the same levels, the same types of communication, the same imagery, the same familiarity around sort of concepts around um, patient-centered um, or person-centered goals and service provision, understanding that person where they're at um, and linking in those same sorts of resources that moving medicine can offer GPs and physios and EPs, et cetera. Um, being familiar with that, maybe even that might even come down to when we have a local partnership with a local general practice or a local group of general practices in a, in a primary health network, it mm -hmm. might be we're going to roll out this concept around moving medicine and we're going to have posters at the leisure centre, posters at the GP. We're going to have community 
communication channels between the leisure centres or the service providers and the um, um, and the medical centres. We're going to make it easy for the doctors and remind the doctors that we're just down the road and we can do this for their patients. We might report back ultimately our active exchange. We're hoping to create a communication channel between those, provide a communication channel between those two parties. So leisure centres feeding back into GPs and saying, you know, your Joe Bloggs, who you referred for our, you know, aqua aerobics class has attended every week for three weeks or whatever it is. Uh, I'm not suggesting you communicate every three weeks, but that, as an example, improving <laughs> yep. the communication and, and um, building those relationships with health. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you only can, you, you look at the um, national sports plan and, you know, the, the first priority of, of four priorities, the first is to build a more active Australia, you know, more Australians, more active more often. And I think the, the collision um, between ASAP and, and leisure and, and sport and, and trying to strengthen um, the opportunity and, and the and collaborations is such a fantastic opportunity for, for the leisure sector to play a significant role, um, you know, and I, and I think Louise, uh, yeah, how do, uh, where, do, where does an organization start? So if there's people listening today and they, and they want to learn more or they want to talk to the right parts of moving medicine or, 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 or ASAP, what's the, what's the logical next step for them? Is, is it, yeah. Um, well, you can log on to the Moving Medicine website. So whilst it's actually directed at healthcare professionals, it, it's an open mm. access free um, resource that has heaps of really great information. In fact, we're going to build it to be a little bit more patient friendly. So anyone can log on and get information. If I just outline that um, the platform a little bit more. Mm. Um, so the platform is um, we, we've partnered with our colleagues in the UK who have created um, moving medicine UK and so we've brought it out to Australia and we will be taking it to New Zealand and we've Australianized it a little bit um, so there's still a lot of UK resources and global resources which is because um, they're universal but the platform is is to help healthcare professionals have active conversation and it's constructed as I say underpinned with motivational interviewing which is an evidence-based behavior change technique um, so it's not about exercise prescription. It's not about you should do this much swimming, this much. Water. It's about what do you want to do? What would what would you benefit from? What resources do you have? And what would be our next steps? How we plan that? Um, and it's constructed around consultation guides. So by but those guides are based just on a, based on a disease. So you might have diabetes, or you might be pregnant, and you open up that guide and the evidence and the resources and the information is all sort of directed at someone with that condition. Um, then it's also structured, there's another layer of structure around the time available for that healthcare professional to have the conversation. So there's a one minute, a five minute and a more detailed minute and more minutes mm. sort of guide, depending on the time you have available and who's actually delivering that conversation. So anyone can jump on the leisure. If you work in leisure, you can jump onto that and really upskill about your knowledge about health and what might be the barriers be to people's um, uh, committing to their exercise programs or committing to coming to the leisure center every week because it's all around behavior change and understanding where people are coming from. But you can also upskill up yourself around um, the reasons why it's important for someone with a certain condition to exercise or what might be the barriers to someone who's pregnant exercising or what might they look up, you know, might they 
they um, have to look out for. So there's a lot of medical information, a lot of person-centered information and a lot of behavior change information on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a start where we're, it's really early days in terms of partnering with certain GP groups at this stage. And because we also have an active hospitals um, yep. module within the site. So, so we're sort of, it's very early. We haven't sort of, I wouldn't be able to say, well, you should go to your GP, your local GP practice or your medical center or your outpatients clinics and say, we're happy to be involved in moving medicine with you when they haven't heard of it. So um, yep. I think keep an eye out but use the resource to upskill around exercise around the health lens yeah look fantastic and and look having spent a lot of time on the website and and obviously looking at it in the uk and and seeing the the power that it's that it's had over there i'm really excited about what it will bring to us to australia and particularly for the leisure industry to, to play its role um you know we 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 for for some time um, have been measuring activity levels and, and membership meeting thresholds, and, and you know that's one in, what that's one part of the story. But but what we absolutely know is the direct correlation between activity and all the acute um, and chronic health issues that you raised right at the start of this conversation. Um, so it's really exciting to sort of see the next iteration of what 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 the leisure industry will start to get its head around. And, and be able to start to actually play a role in you know, the fiscal responsibility for their community. Yeah, yeah. I think community, I think taking um, that viewpoint from what does my community need allows you to take a more holistic view than what does what, what are my commercial imperatives in delivering this service because they work together. They're synergist, synergistic. Um, and I think that that idea of collaborating across community is really important when it comes to um, social wellbeing and, mm. and, and reducing healthcare costs. Fascinating stuff, Louise. And um, I'm, I'm conscious I could talk about this stuff all day. Um, and I think, you know, what, what we, well, as you've said, this is just the start for moving medicine and, and just the start of a relationship between ASEP and, and Active Exchange. And I think there'll be lots of conversations and opportunities to connect over the journey. Um, but is there, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with today before we sort of wrap up? Yeah, sure. There is actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> What ASEP is really keen to do is to start to be able to collect data. Yep. So um, you mentioned in my bio, I have a particular interest in measuring stuff. So yep. I built, we built a, a PROMS or a patient report outcome measure platform to be able to measure outcomes when they're otherwise hard to measure because you, because in healthcare, we, as I said, we get paid to do stuff, not to make people better. Yeah, um, and it's also challenging to measure physical activity. And we know that what doesn't get measured doesn't get changed. And more importantly, from a political level, what doesn't get measured doesn't get funded. Mm. Um, so we're really keen to start building data pathways and understanding data flow around mm. physical activity and in and out of different sectors. So... Yeah. When we measure physical activity and when we talk about those guidelines, the only way we can really see if someone's meeting those guidelines currently is to ask them, and which yep. is you know, first floor number one, people over-report and, and it's very hard <laughs> to actually measure. So exercise yeah. as a vital sign, it, we say to a patient, to measure that, that exercise as a vital sign, we say, how many days a week would you get your half a puff up? 
And on average, how many minutes would that be each day? That's a really rough marker. That's not mm. taking into consideration the fact that I might be a bricklayer or I might be a, you know, um, I might hit the gym really intensely for an hour every day. But, I, you know, it's just a really mush, rough measure, measure. It's very inaccurate. So it's not helpful. Um, so we could measure, I, I think, of all the simple things that we can measure in terms of me, people meeting activity targets, step count is really simple because there's yeah. so many devices we have that can measure that. And I know that as a doctor, if you tell me you do, if I have a look at your iPhone and, and it shows me three, an average 3,000 steps a day, I know you're sitting on your bum most of the time. Yeah. If you chose me 10,000 steps I know, or you know 20,000 steps, I know you're a pretty busy bee, but that's mm. not accounted for by getting your huff and puff up. And if you're at seven or 8,000 steps, I know you're probably just in a sweet spot that you're probably moving around you know, enough. So that's a great measure, but it still doesn't tell me if you're getting your huff and puff up. Mm. Um, and then we've got the other wearables. We can easily measure, you know, our smart device, our smart watches will, you know, heart rate variability, heart rate distances. We can log our bicycle distances and altitude on Strava and so forth. But me as a healthcare professional, I'm not worried about the people who are tracking that because they're on that exercise end of the continuum and I'm right. there over there. They're going to be healthy enough from the activity they do. I'm not worried about those. It's the people who I need to get out in the garden or I need to walk mm. to the shops instead of drive. It's the people who I need to appreciate they need to do something that I'm more interested in. So it's very hard to measure. But what we can do, and that's what we're one of the things we're hoping with the active exchange into, um, relationship is to um, start to connect that data point. So did I get a referral from a GP to a leisure centre? When I went to the leisure centre, did I join up? Did I become a member or did I join the club, whatever the service is? And then how many times did I participate at that leisure centre and connect those dots a bit? So we're really keen because we need to advocate to policymakers, to funders, that we need to fund these mechanisms. We need to, to invest in them as a community um, mm. to build physical activity. And this is working and we can show it. And then the other really great thing we want to show is can we measure health outcomes in communities where we're yeah. focusing? And what are the socioeconomic drivers and the other variables that that particular community needs? Mm. So I'm super excited about connecting some of the data dots and sharing it across a patient's journey. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I look at you know, what you've just described there is, is you know, 75% of it we're already doing for, for a, a hundreds of facilities across Australia now. And you know, connecting that then to the primary health network and the GP referral systems down the track to, to actually connect the dots um, would have a profound, you know, what get measured, get funded impact, you know, and, 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 and I keep looking at our, at our sector. When I talk about our sector, I talk about sport and leisure and, and look at, you know, a, a government portfolio of, you know, maybe 400 and something million dollars compared to a health budget of 121 billion annually. You know, and it's just a, they're completely different schemes. Um, but the more we can talk health language, the more we can advocate locally and, and, and aggregate that up to a really strong federal position, I would have thought. Fingers crossed, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, Louise, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed today and, and I always learn something every time I talk to you and, and what shines through is your passion and your knowledge for, for something that, that we need to do as a collective. So thank you 
for joining us. Um, thank you for the opportunity to, be a, to, to collaborate with ASAP. We, we too, you know, we talk about our, our priority is to make more people more active more often by putting the right offer in the right place at the right time. And I think the, you know, the GP and the primary health system, and I only had a small time in health, uh, a very small time, but, you know, just sat in the middle of this health system, having lived in the leisure system, going, there's just such a, a missed opportunity here if we can if we can get it right in pockets of excellence and brilliance. So um, thanks thanks to everyone for listening. Again, just as a reminder, if you do want to learn more, ASEP's website is acsep.org.au or Moving Medicine is movingmedicine.com.au. Thank you, Louise. Um, and we'll look forward to more conversations in the future. Great, James. Have a great day. Thank you.